This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. And I'm Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? Not a whole lot. What's up with you? Hey, you know what? I apologize to you, and I apologize to the listeners for the fact that this podcast is like, what, five days late? It's not that. It's four days late. All right, it's four days late, but I have a good reason. I was on vacation. What are we not allowed yeah, to take vacation? Don't, and don't apologize. Just do it like college professors do. Just yep. call it hiatus. Yeah, but we were. Col- bo- a college professor will leave for a year and just still get paid and just be like, "Yes, I'm on hiatus. I'm I'm studying my field and you know but, but jerking what, off on my lazy boy." But that's why I don't feel any real remorse because we don't get I paid. Would, no, we don't get paid. Yeah, I mean we're we're not getting paid anything to do this. So really, you guys can lick my balls. Yeah, a bunch but, of people on the forum said they were gonna send us stuff because and the guy even pointed out like they've done you know they've given us 85 hours of free. Entertainment. Let's send them some junk. I like but naked I chick pics. Well, you know, you know what's funny about it though is we were barraged with emails about people saying like, "Where's the show? What happened yeah. to the show?" And it's just like, okay, you know, I'm sorry, we're a few days late, but Wackerly and I are human beings that don't get paid to do this. So yeah, we take vacation. Yeah, and nobody wanted to hear me do the podcast alone. I'll tell you that. It's it's a train wreck when that happens to either one of us. Yeah, (laughs) that D Simon, what a fucking Jew. And toenails, they keep growing. I hate them. Yeah, I I don't think it would have worked out. So, you know, good things come to those who wait, and patience is a virtue. So here you are, episode eighty-five is sick and wrong. So the reason this episode is five days late is because I was in New York City on vacation. Visiting my uh, girlfriend who uh, just recently moved there. New York City in August. That's a just an awesome vacation destination. Dude, it was like a garbage strewn hell. It just smelled like rotting garbage. That's what yeah. New York smells like in August. Well, there's a lot of people from New York City or at least the East Coast who move out here to San Francisco and they do nothing but complain about how San Francisco is lame compared to New York. Dirty. But so I want to just open up a sauna. And just throw garbage in there and sell it as the New York City summer experience, and all those people can like pay me fucking ten dollars to go in there. You're not even exaggerating though. It's no, like you've it's seriously hot, humid, and there's just tons of trash everywhere because there's all those restaurants. People... And usually half the garbage men are on strike at any given moment. But I don't understand why, like, because I've lived in Chicago, I've lived out here. People don't just stack their garbage up on the sidewalk. It's like they do in New York City. It's because everything's so dense, you know. Where else are you going to put it? There's no alley behind your restaurant or, or it's already filled with the other restaurant's garbage that's, like, on the other side of your So they kind of, yeah, have no other choice. But, no. I mean, seriously, they pack up, like, you know, four garbage bags high, like a, a row of 20 garbage bags just yeah. reeking. And there's rats, like, the size of, you know, my penis running around. And I'm just like, <laughs> Jesus, dude. Those are tiny rats. <laughs> no, but and, I mean, and the city's so big – on any given day, it's somebody's garbage day. So it's not like, oh, well, it smells bad on Wednesday. It's because that's when all the trash gets picked up. It's There's always garbage out all the time. And I swear to God, it was hot as hell. Like, I mean, I was walking around Saturday in the Lower East Side. Yeah. And, I mean, it must have been 97 degrees outside, 100% humidity. Yeah, and there's no grass or trees to provide well, shade. Well, you can, you can or... go to a park, but it's just as hot in the park as it is. And you're sitting next to... Most of New York City is not a park. I mean, I understand that Central Park is there, but usually you're walking around, the sun's beating on this concrete building, which is re-radiating the heat into your face, plus you get the sun, plus it's coming up from the street. It's pretty horrible. I I think the one thing, though, like the one solace, I guess, in New York, at least there's no homeless people that just smell like shit. Well, they're there. Hot, steaming shit. They're there. They're just... They live in the subway tunnels. They're not up bothering everyone. But, dude, I was was astonished to San Francisco, there really aren't that many homeless people there. I mean, I was walking around, I was like, and I'm talking Manhattan here. I don't know about like the outer boroughs, but just in Manhattan alone, we saw some homeless people sleep in a few doorways. But really, I wasn't being pestered for money. There weren't that many homeless people just like walking around, just, you know, screaming at Satan. So that's what whatever. I was going to ask, because I've noticed this in L.A. too. There are homeless people. They're just not up in your face bothering you like they do here. But there's not that many homeless people there. Right. And but I even, wonder... even the ones that are there, they aren't harassing you, right? Well, what brings me – what brings this point up is the fact that New York's different. 
New York has changed. Like the New York that I knew from like five years ago, because my best friend lives there. I've been there, you know, multiple times. In the past, I've always thought, well, you know, New York's this edgy, like hardcore industrial, you know, wasteland of the city that you can walk around in. It's like there's bums that are, well, you know, ready to cut your throat around the next, next corner. And it's just like, and there's drug dealers on that side and there's whores over here. And, you know, it's not like that anymore. <laughs> Oh, I was just planning my trip. <laughs> in my no, but mind. I mean, back in like the mid '90s, and you know, I imagine it was even worse in the '80s. Like Times Square was a nasty place to be. You don't walk around there at two in the morning because you're probably going to get like robbed or mugged, dude. You could walk around with your five babies and strollers walking around right now with like your a, wallet on a string. Yeah, your wallet on you. a string in front of you, and it's like <laughs> there aren't any homeless people. I really think it's because Giuliani and. Uh, Bloomberg, the current mayor, just cracked down. They got, they took the homeless people and they moved them even beyond Harlem. I think they moved them to like the Bronx. Wow. I don't know what they did. I think they carted them on like a really stinky bus out of the city. I really do think a lot of them live in the subway tunnel. In fact, there's a documentary about that called, I think, Dark Days. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that might explain why the subway tunnels just reeked. <laughs> They're <laughs> just like Gollum, you know? They're it, like all pasty and their eyes are getting larger and larger every year. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I was surprised. I was just like, wow, this is definitely one stark contrast to San Francisco. There aren't any homeless people here. So so then you so you came back, and was that when it really hit you? Or, or was it immediately apparent when you were there? It was immediately apparent when I was there. And not to mention, New York is just really conservative. Like, compared to San Francisco, I mean, like, okay, out here we are like this, you know, bastion of liberalism, whatever. There's like people, you can do whatever you want out yeah, here. Yeah, but define your terms. It's very liberal. Politically, New York City is very liberal still, but but I, you're talking about I'm just talking about the denizens, the people, people that live in that city. Socially. Socially, the people that can afford to live in that city are yuppies. Right. Like it's, it's like one giant Starbucks. Manhattan they're, is a giant Starbucks. They're voting Starbucks. for Hillary, they're, you know, but well, maybe you know Giuliani was the mayor. Maybe I'm maybe I haven't been there long enough. Maybe I, you, know, you have some new dude, insight. I don't think I'm that uncommon of an individual. I don't think I'm that strange looking. But it's like walking around New York, I was getting stared at. Yeah, I Especially, do. I have I mean, tattoos up and down my arms, and I have like you've got you know, a weird Jew look to you. But there's a lot of Jews out there, right? That's not the why Jews they thought were you were staring. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like here's a guy. You are wearing, a heretic. Here's Jew. a guy wearing a fucking black hat, like an Amish outfit. He's got like curly hair, like coming down off his ears. He's <laughs> got a big old rule. beard. That dude's staring at me, and I'm just looking at him, like, dude, okay, what, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then not to mention, there's like a ton of foreigners there. So there's like all these foreign people that just kind of like, oh, here's a weird guy. I saw I saw women like switching their purses to their other side when I was walking by. And then I'm I'm not talking about like just up in the upper east side of the the Upper West Side. I'm talking about Lower East Side. Like walking around Lower East Side, there aren't that many people like that are tattooed, that are weird looking. It's like everyone there is kind of Gap. They're Gap. They're Banana Republic. They're yuppie people. It's it's become a very conservative city. I don't know. I was I was I was a bit disappointed with that. Like even well, yeah, well yuppies and then those people that are so rich you can't even call them yuppies. You know. Well, they I don't even think they even go. Well, no, now those the people, Rockefeller type old money families. Yeah, but those people there. used to live there before, but now those people are buying up bars and making these yuppie bars in the Lower East Side. Because I remember distinctly, like so, 1997 when my best friend lived out there and was a notorious heroin addict. Um, we used to go down to Avenue A. It's this park called Tompkins Square Park was one of the nastiest areas that I had been to. And I, I remember, because I was living in Michigan at the time, I'd go there and be like, whoa, dude, you know, this is kind of shady. That's like lower than the Lower East Side, right? Yeah, the it's like ABC, the beginning of Alphabet, Alphabet City. City. And it's like, you wouldn't even walk through this park at like 2 in the morning, because it was just all homeless people, it was all like crackheads, it was all drug addicts, you'd have, you know, pimps, you'd have prostitutes, you'd have like, you know... Nefarious people. So you would go there if you wanted a prostitute or some illicit drugs. Or if you <laughs> wanted illicit drugs, and that's why we went there, so my friend could comp illicit drugs. Yeah, you don't and want to go there drunk or you'll get rolled. You couldn't find drugs there now. We were there Saturday night at like 2 in the morning, and there are people walking, there are babies, like, you know, their Starbucks is still hey, open. Starbucks is a drug. <laughs> Caffeine is a drug. It's, but, an, it's a legal drug, but it's a drug. All I'm saying is New York City has lost its edge. Like there's no tenderloin area in New York City. I mean, do you do you think that if you went up to Harlem, maybe that's moved up there the edginess, or do you just think it's completely off the island? I've heard that Harlem is still kind of ghetto, and like there's right. still some. But that's like, always been. I mean, that's always been a racial thing. You know, you can't go. Up, you couldn't go up there because you're white. Not not that it was a super dangerous neighborhood. 
unless you were a white guy and they like didn't you know want you there. Yeah, but back back in like the late nineties, we used to go up there to go get weed because uh, my friend had a bunch of dealers that lived up there, and you can get like really good deals and getting like large quantities of weed. And it's like going there now. It's like you'll you'll walk through that. I went up to I don't know probably like a hundred fifth street, hundred tenth street. And yeah, but it goes up. Be, it goes up a lot further than that. I it mean, wasn't, but I mean, I wasn't nervous at all i wasn't like apprehensive and i was still kind of like you know i want to see if this white guy gets you know mugged or gets any like you know strange looks or anything and i was walking around i was like you know i feel completely safe yeah like it, there are no areas in new york the only time that i felt a little strange is at i was riding the subway at rush hour and it was packed and the train stopped and i was thinking if there was like terrorist act- action like someone lit off a bomb in here you'd be you'd probably be stomped to death the pandemonium yeah <laughs> that's well, the, the only time I thought like uh, you know we did a story a couple maybe a month back where that guy went nuts with the the tile saw and somebody in the New York yeah, subway New York where, and you, there's nowhere you can go but I think that's an aberration because I yeah. think everyone there is wearing like that a, has nothing to do with edge I mean that's just a fluke but everyone everyone I saw there was wearing like a pastel shirt all the guys are wearing like pastel shirts the girls are like you know I mean there are lots of hot chicks but it's like New York is not the New York that it used to be I think all the artists guess, and musician types have had to move out to like past Brooklyn to like Queens. I've heard a story of okay, Queens so as the my, new hip that's area. That's my question. Has it has the edge left New York completely? Because Queens and Brooklyn and uh, you know the whatever the Staten Island, the other fifth borough, I don't even know. Bronx, the Bronx. Bronx. Those are technically those are New York City still. Has has it moved to one of those? Or is it just completely gone? Well, I was asking my friend. I was like, so, you know, you've been to the Tenderloin. The Tenderloin is definitely kind of a shady area in San Francisco. And, he, I was, and uh, he was like, well, yeah, there's still shady areas in New York. You go up some areas in the Bronx, he's like, you probably wouldn't be coming back here. You know, you, you'd probably get stabbed or you'd get mugged for sure. He's like, there are some really dangerous areas up there. But he's like, Manhattan has changed. Like the whole island. Yeah. It, it's kind of become this homogenized Starbucks. Snake Pliskin would be I, disappointed. I <laughs> but so anyway, you know, it, it was it was cool going up there to see my girlfriend. At least I got laid, and it's you know it'd been a while, so it was kind of nice to do that. But what bothered me and what kind of annoyed me about this whole trip is, so she has this roommate. She lives up there. She lives in the Upper East Side. She moved in there with this roommate. Well, who, she does. Just just what we're talking about. She doesn't have a trust fund, so you got to take measures. You have to take steps. So you have to share an apartment, a small apartment, most likely, with somebody else. Well, what happened? I think this is fairly common in New York City. Her friend had this apartment that's been in her family. Like I guess her grandmother lived there for years. Uh, her grandmother died a few years ago. The, benef- the beauty of rent control. They own this place, and so they pay 800 bucks for this massive one-bedroom apartment. Well, they don't own it, right? In the they, Upper East Side. No, they do. It. No, they own it. And oh. they, it's like 800 bucks for the mortgage or whatever. Oh, I, don't know. Okay. I don't know what okay. it is. Cool. And so my girlfriend ended up like moving in with this girl, thought she could live there for you know a few months and pay half rent, save up money, and then get, her, get on her feet, get her own place. <clears throat> As it turns out... This girl is just this, like, insane, neurotic, anal bitch. And was just like... That's a recipe for disaster. Ah, dude. I mean, I was stunned. Like, I go into her house. Everything is completely organized. Everything has its place. I mean, the place is immaculate. I mean, it smelled good. I was like, wow, you know, it's definitely better than the Sick and Wrong studio. (laughs) But, But what was funny about it is she had, like, all these, like, I mean, tons of pictures of her family. Like, she's really family-oriented. And So there weren't microphone cords and plug cords and phone cords and speaker <laughs> wire going everywhere and cobwebs in the corner? That's what and you're filled up ashtrays and empty <laughs> cans of beer? No. No, there wasn't. It was actually God, a very that's clean— weird. It doesn't seem like home. It, it was a really clean apartment. And so— Hospital or something. What, what my girlfriend thought was going to happen is that she was going to get, like, a partition of this, like, massive living room. She was going to have her room in there. And the girl would have the bedroom. Turns out the girl's like, no, you have to have both beds in the bedroom. And so they shared the bedroom, which is kind of odd if you think about it. Yeah, but girls, girls get attached to weird shit. Uh, and one of them being like, well, we need to have a living room because what if we have a dinner party? Where are we going to like stand around with our stupid fucking cocktails and drink? God, you even know if, ladies so well. Yeah, this is exactly if, the, even the point if you're here. you're never going to have a fucking dinner party. They have to like be able to imagine that they could have a dinner party. Yeah, and and that's her I'm point. Sure that's she was like, if we entertain, thought. I want to have people that's over what she here. Said? So, yeah, my, but so guess. she told my girlfriend, you're not allowed to have any guests because of this. We share a room. You can't have any guests. 
And so she's like, well, what if, you know, D. Simon wants to come out here? <laughs> My boyfriend. And I was like, oh, D. Simon? I'm sick and wrong. I'll make an exception. <laughs> no, she was like, no, he can't Obviously come either. Not. And so it got to the point. So I was like, all right, well, what are we supposed to do? You know, I kind of want to come to New York Did to see like, you. Did it say like Belson over the door when you walked in? Or... No, it said Auschwitz. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she was like, so my girlfriend asked her specifically she's like so is it okay if you're going to be gone this weekend if he comes up and visits and she's like if i'm not here it's fine she's like but so what he's going to do is he's going to get a hotel room for the first couple nights and then he's going to stay here over the weekend and then he's leaving monday so you'll you might run into him on sunday night she's like that's fine so you know we all thought this was fine so i go up there i get a hotel room for two nights and a hotel room in new york city is like 300 bucks a night for this tiny yeah. little studio room. Yeah, I mean, I mean this, that's the best price you can get. This room was like five by five. Yeah, that's the best. On short notice, that's the best price you can get. Even yeah. on long notice. It was 275 bucks a night. So I got a hotel room the first couple nights, which was cool because, you know, me and my girlfriend got to fuck with reckless abandon because we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And you weren't sharing a bedroom. Yeah, we weren't girl. sharing a bedroom with the other girl. So the girl was gone, so I stayed there Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Now, are we talking about bunk beds? <laughs> no, they, they have two separate, like, she has a mattress on the floor, the other girl has, like, a real bed. So they kind of had, like, uh, you know, two separate beds in the it's same room. It's very, very slumber party-ish. So it turns out Sunday night, we go out, we come back, like, three in the morning. She, That girl was already there. I didn't see her. She woke up Monday morning, furious. She was just incensed that I was... Because you woke her up on Sunday night? No, we didn't even wake her up. Just because you're there. It was just because she woke up and we are like, on the couch. And, dude, mind you, like, we weren't having, like, loud sex or anything. We didn't even do anything. We came back wasted, passed out on the couch. I don't think that's I got to take issue with this because I used to live with you uh, in the old Sick and Wrong studios and... When you come back wasted, I'm sure when I come back wasted, I'm the same way. You think you're quiet, and I probably think I'm quiet. And but, but when you're with your girlfriend and you're drunk and it's three in the morning, you're you're loud. <laughs> I'm trying to get some ass sex. Come on, baby, please. Maybe not really loud, but you're making noise. You're yeah, like but throwing this, your shoes. This girl up wasn't and, gonna yeah. wake up because the bedroom has an air conditioning unit that's really loud. The door's shut. She's not gonna hear us. Okay, fine. So really, I mean, and we were actually like, you know being rather well behaved considering how inebriated we were and so i you know i didn't even think it was going to be that big of a deal well the girl was just pissed so flipped out monday morning she sent this nasty letter to my girlfriend basically saying you're kicked out of my apartment was this a letter or an email it was an email letter oh but it wasn't taped to the fridge that's all (laughs) notes notes from roommates taped to the fridge are the best but listen listen so you don't even know this girl but what kind of impression do you get from this so i'm going to read a little bit of this letter it says I'm not going to say my girlfriend's name, but it says... Um, you probably shouldn't say the girl's name either. I don't want to get sued. Yeah, me. I don't care about her, though. <laughs> she says, first of all, I know tone in emails can be easily misunderstood. To be clear, I am beyond irritated and frustrated with you and angered by your lack of respect for my apartment and the rules we established. <laughs> I am referencing what happened last night. Were you not clear when I told you when you moved in that it was not okay for... D to stay with us when I was at home. You knew I was returning from Nantucket last night, so why <laughs> oh, did Jesus Christ? Why did D stay at the apartment? I had a conference call this morning, and because you were both on the couch, I had to take it in the bedroom. What's it, what? Okay, <laughs> stop. What? <laughs> Go to your office and take a goddamn conference call. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I know. It's like, why is she waking up that early to take conference call? Why don't she just go to her office? That's where you take conference calls. It's an office. Plus. I mean, with the time, I could see, I could see myself having to get up early to take a conference call in California because it's originating in New York. But where is her conference call originating? Like Greenland? You know, I have <laughs> no idea. Yeah. I had to take a conference call with Bjork, and she's three hours ahead, and I had to wake <laughs> up early, and I was really fucking annoyed. Okay. Well, what's the big deal of taking the conference call in the bedroom? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she has a phone in there. Yeah, I'd be lying down, <laughs> closing my eyes. She says, I know you paid me rent to stay in the apartment, which which may make you feel welcome to do whatever you want there. But this is totally unacceptable. I feel completely <laughs> disrespected in this situation. She, she pays wants. half the rent. Yeah. It's not this chick's sole place anymore. Because I told you my ground rules on the subject of guests. 
I was honest with you up front because I feel strongly about the subject. Now I feel like you blatantly disregarded what I said and did whatever you wanted. My weekly schedule is important to me, and my work weeks are stressful and intense. I need my home to not be an additional element of stress in my week, and today made me feel awful. I think she needs an enema. (laughs) (laughs) I spent the morning incredibly irritated that you didn't respect what I said to you. Perhaps if you had asked me if Dee could stay, we could have figured out something that worked for all of us. But the fact that you didn't communicate your plans to me is wrong. Your actions have crossed the line of disrespect, and as a result, you need to move out by this weekend. I know you get paid, un- or I know you uh, get paid until September 1st, so I expect you to line up a sublet immediately after that date. I don't have any tolerance for your situation because you certainly don't respect mine. All right, three things. Does this chick wear a monocle? Does <laughs> she look like Colonel Clank? Rogan's heroes. Because that's the tone I'm getting. She looks more like Hillary Clinton. Like she looks like a young <laughs> with Hillary a Clinton. Okay, with glasses. And a Kaiser helmet. Really thin glasses. All right, the second thing is I love when people write these passive aggressive notes. They get, they're so militant and tough, and it's because you can't respond to anything they're saying. And they just get all fucking wound up. Well, well, and she's... the third thing this is illegal. You can't kick some. I mean,. I'm pretty sure New York has similar rent law, not even rent control, but just basic rent, rent laws, laws as like yeah. the state of California. You can't give somebody a week's notice and kick them out. No, that's the thing. And my brother, that's like, that's like making you could make somebody homeless like that. My brother actually, days. my brother actually brought this up. He's like, even the fact that she didn't sign a lease, the fact that she paid rent entitles her to the a thirty-day notice. The fact that the notice. rent check was cashed is like a de facto lease. Basically. And that's that's what I was telling my girlfriend. I was like, you know what? If I were you, I would be like, fuck you, cunt. I'm staying in your house. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. And there's nothing you could do. Yeah, yeah, but dude, I would just but at be. Least get, I would at least be get the worst. Than a week to find some place to stay. Oh, God, Come I on. would be like the most annoying person on earth. I really would be. You would be. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you change? I guess. I guess it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> You'd ratchet it down a notch. <laughs> I used to be the most annoying person in the universe. Now I'm just uh, the most annoying person on the earth. So here's my favorite part about the letter. She goes, "Of course, I expect things to be uncomfortable at the apartment now that I've written this email." I'm not a fan of tense situations, especially in my own home, but I had to let this out. There's no way I would feel disrespected by your actions, as is the case right now, and not let you know about it. Please advise me of your situation. Once again, complete, yeah, complete tough guy note writing is complete bullshit. Like, if you can't grow a pair of balls and say this shit to my face, you're not worth the fucking air you're breathing. Well, you know what pissed me off about it is I was like... Well, my girlfriend, I said to her, I looked at her, I was like, you know what? You need to get revenge. And she was like, I don't know. I don't know. I think she's kind of non-confrontational. So she was like, I just need to get out of here. I need to get, this is just, you know, too much for me to think about. I was like, no, what you need to get is revenge. I was like, I got to take a crap. I'm willing to upper deck her right now. And she was (laughs) like. But wait, your girlfriend's still living there for a week. (laughs) Yeah, but it's casualties of war. The casualties of war. I mean, there's casualties on both sides. Exactly. And so (laughs) I was going through my head. I was like, you know, there are many things we can do to this girl. I was like, and I was giving her all these options. I was like, you know, we could fill her shampoo bottle up with Nair. You know, I mean, that works. Or just come. Or or come. Or, but actually that might make her hair healthier. But then, you know what? I think my, one of my favorite acts of revenge, other than the upper decking, which is definitely by far the best thing you can do to somebody. Right. If you don't live there. If you don't live there. But the, what, what I was saying, what she should do is hide a piece of fish in the house. Because that has a delayed reaction. Delayed reaction. Within four days, she would have been gone. An egg would have worked, too. I was like, there's so many – there's myriad places in this house to hide a piece of fish. I was like, I'll go get some fish right now. I'll come back here and we can hide it. I was like, it'd be a good, like, you know, boyfriend-girlfriend bonding experience. I just am imagining you going to find a fish in New York at all these Jewish delicatessens. You got any filter fish? fish? I'm not paying that. What are you talking about? (laughs) Come on, here. $4 for that filter fish. Are you insane? (laughs) No, seriously. I was like, you know, I was was thinking that was one of the best things you could do to somebody is the fish. But you know what? All in all, she wouldn't let me do anything other than... The only two acts of revenge I really got was I did wipe my ass on her pillow and put it back in the pillowcase. 
It's you know I mean I had to take a crap anyway. Yeah. Didn't get to upper decker, but I got to wipe my ass on the pillow. Her nose is right next to your shits right now. Yeah, I wonder if she's gonna. Well, she'll probably realize it when she takes the pillowcase off. And then the other Maybe thing. Maybe not. But who washes their pillow? Who looks the? Do you look at your pillow when you take the pillowcase off to wash it? If it smelled like my feces, <laughs> I probably would. Yeah, you're probably right. And so the second thing I did, which I thought was kind of funny and rather ingenious, um. She had a calendar that was in her kitchen that was like one of those customized like family calendars. So every month in a different picture of her family. Oh, God. (laughs) Why would I want that? Uh, Dude, it it was awful. And so this month it said Nantucket time because she went to Nantucket. Like – so they knew they were going – or they do this every year? Or? Every year. It's like oh, she's really fam- – she's a family-oriented individual. Have you ever which, been to Nantucket? I don't even know where Nantucket is. It's the it's the Cape of Massachusetts. I lived in Massachusetts for a year and a half. I never went to fucking Nantucket. Are black or... people allowed to go to Nantucket? Fuck no. <laughs> I picture it as being there. very this Caucasian. Is the, this is where the Kennedys live. There Actually, there are a lot of gays there, though. Oh, that's a it's good a thing. It's a huge gay mecca. That's a good thing. Yeah. So anyway, on this calendar, I flipped forward a few months up until uh, December. And every Friday, I put Douche Friday. You know, it's, <laughs> so it's like a reminder, you know, it's time to douche. Well, why that? Why is that a prank? Maybe that would be helpful for her. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you know, she probably needs it. <laughs> and then, D. Simon, what a wonderful house guest he was. <laughs> there was a great it's picture. Really helpful. There was a great picture of her grandmother, who I assume it was her grandmother, carrying like a birthday cake. I put a huge cock and balls just yes, <laughs> hanging on that's it. So, the best one. Yeah, it, it was subtle, but uh, <laughs> you know what? What's great about that though is she's gonna get to December and then she'll be disgusted. You know, it's going to take a little time. That's the picture of a grandma? Yeah, that was the picture of a grandmother. And so that was like the extent of the revenge I was allowed to take, which I was a little upset. And I was telling her, I was like, you know what? It doesn't have to end there. It doesn't have to end. As soon as you move out and you're out of her life and you get out of her her space, you know what you need to do? Put up a Craigslist. I was just going to say, Craigslist encounter. is a beautiful thing. Craigslist casual encounter. Just say, listen, I'm a horny white chick, 28 years old, really into black and Latino men. Please text message me message of pictures of your cock. Or and email. put her phone number right there. No, text message because she'll just be bombarded. And she <laughs> has her phone right. number, which I think is just probably a, just a sweet revenge. You know what it is? Back in, you know, the 70s when you wanted to fuck somebody over like this, you know, and, and give out their phone number, you'd scrawl it in the bar uh, bathroom wall. Yeah. But Craigslist is like the – internationally available bathroom wall that anybody can see from anybody any computer. It opens up so many new options. Yeah. It really does. It's a lot Window more of opportunity. Im- it's a lot more impact than the old bathroom wall. And so you know what? For I mean, a there's, good time, there's... call D. Simon at 415. <laughs> <clears throat> there's still plenty of time. Plenty of time. So, I, you know, hopefully I, I, I expect her to enact her revenge. And it remains to be seen what's going to end up happening. I think she's going to probably end up getting into another place in New York City and she'll be just fine. But still, it's like when something like this happens, you need to get revenge. But all in all, what ended up happening is so we had to leave the place on a Monday and I had to get a hotel room for another three nights. So essentially I, what pissed me off about this vacation is I paid like $1,500 in hotel fees. Yeah. On top you know, of all the on top of you all the drinking and, and everything else, it was just it's a very costly vacation for me. And you know what? To be quite honest, I wish I was back in San Francisco doing the podcast on time. You know, <laughs> is, that because, the mor- is that the moral of the story? Yeah, the moral of the story is New York lost its edge. It's a huge Starbucks, and if I had been in San Francisco doing the podcast, I wouldn't have spent fifteen hundred dollars. You Jews hate to spend money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know to cap it all off. That's about it. But anyway, you know what? I don't want to cap on New York too much. Go to New York. You know, you can go if you like New York. Go to New York. And if they, if we, I'm sure we have New York fans. But seriously, as soon as I came back from to San Francisco, I I just felt like this air of like just comfortability. I was like walking around. I was like, you know what? I'm normal here. Right. But where? But I was telling you this before. I'm not into any city. I'm not. I'm not bagging on New York because, like, San Francisco's the best. I'm just, you know, I'll just, wherever I live, that's great, fine. But, uh, yeah, New York gets pumped up by so many people. Well, they, they think it's like you get in New York, you got to have this, like, you know, jaded crust, this, like, rough edge. It's like, no, you know what, though? Like you don't. Anymore. you got to have a lot of money in the bank in order to live there. Those cities are like Baltimore, you know, and uh, yeah. Detroit. Yeah, those cities you live in, you have to have a, a hard exterior. A hard exterior. But seriously, New York, you don't. You just need a lot of money. And you'll probably get laid. You probably will. 
I don't know. So all in all, that's that, that that's about the uh, summary of my New York experience. Moving on here, um, since we are late, I just want to do a quick recap of uh, episode 84, which was our uh, most recent episode. A week and a half ago. A week and a half Not ago. I did a story about a Satanist who was defending himself in court. Wackerly, you did a story about a uh, cow hormone abortion. And a uh, listener sent a story about a Russian chessboard serial killer. Mm-hmm. I really thought the listener was going to take it, just in sheer numbers of the amount of people that were yeah. you know, victimized it by the serial killer. It won on the brown killer. star scale. You know, I, I thought so. I mean, I even voted for it. But as it turned out, you took episode 84, and that's why I bought the beer this time. People like when a farmer uses cow drugs to try and abort his illegitimate child. People were impressed by it. You came in with 94 votes. The listener came in with 86, and I had, like, a paltry 34. So, hey, you know what? People aren't into satanic serial killers. Satanism is going out. It used to be very popular. I guess people have had enough of it. I don't know. Well, like, thank everybody for voting. Remember, you can always vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, uh, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. Uh, we present them here on the show. The audience votes. The winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a wild card with a listener submission. And, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen who's going to win episode 85. I believe you started last time. So let me let me kick off the show here with my story. I don't. I think you started, but since you came back from vacation, I'll give you the uh, give first, me, give me, give first, me the advantage. first crack at the back. Give me the advantage. <laughs> So uh, I found a pretty, uh, I, f- I found a great one here. This is this is a good story. This is all the sick and wrong elements I've been looking for in a story, and it was hasty too because I didn't have much time to prepare. I just kind of found the first thing I was looking for, and this is perfect. Uh, this actually is a foreign story too, so it makes it a little all that much better. International sick and wrongness. Teenager confesses to killing and eating roommate. Austrian police officers carry the coffin of a man found murdered in Vienna. A teenager is said to have confessed to eating parts of the dead man. How big of a coffin do they need? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Um, but you know, you know what's kind of cool is I don't know. We don't even do that many stories from Vienna. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't Schwarzenegger, our governor, come from Vienna? Yes, as did Hitler. Yeah, yeah, Hitler did too. I think a lot of sick and wrong things happen there. A teenager has confessed to murdering a man he met in a homeless shelter and eating parts of his brain and internal organs. You know, this is totally Hannibal Lecter. Did you see that Hannibal Rising? The uh, No, I keep wanting to rent it, but I haven't seen it yet. God awful movie. It was god awful, except for the okay, fact that they that. well, except for the fact that they ate his sister. That was kind of cool. And they were in Austria, so I think cannibalism might be part of the Austrian culture. <laughs> Which makes me wonder what Schwarzenegger is going to do if he's ever elected president. He's a big guy. I think he may have eaten some people to get that big. I don't know. I I think he could eat a lot of people. The 19-year-old, named only as Robert A., is alleged to have killed his 49-year-old roommate by crushing his skull with a 20-pound iron bar before using a butcher's knife to remove the man's intestines. Which is kind of funny to me. Two things about this. A... His name's Robert A. Why don't, why don't they give the whole name out here? Well, it must why, be why an is it? Austrian thing where they don't identify uh, suspects or even criminals. Yeah, but this guy's 19 years old. He's an adult. In the U.S., his name would have been emblazoned all over every website, every newspaper. It's yes. just like, that guy, be a household name. Yeah, whereas in Austria, it's like, no, you want to conceal his identity. I don't know. And the second thing I think is kind of interesting, why was this dude living with a 50-year-old dude? Because they met in the homeless shelter. Okay, man, that might make sense. <laughs> The murder is believed to you can't have taken... be choosy when you're homeless if somebody <laughs> offers you a home. Kind of have to live with whoever. Maybe this is like a father figure. The murder is believed to have taken place at least three days ago and was discovered yesterday when a cleaner entered the shelter. The man, Robert, allegedly told her about the murder and asked her to inform the police. Officers who arrived at the ground floor flat found the body of the 49-year-old man lying in a pool of blood with body parts spread around the room. Half-eaten parts were found on a plate in the kitchen. Why is this guy... So he told the cleaner at the shelter. Why is he still at the homeless shelter if he now has a home? Because well, it's covered in gore? <laughs> you know, as it turned out, it's actually not a homeless shelter. He met this guy at a homeless shelter, and then they put them in a homeless apartment. Like, so in it's the like shelter. A, okay, it, I got it's it. It's an apartment 
like a unit in this building and that they give to homeless people. So like to kind of give them a you know a leg up so they can start their lives. And I think they matched him up with this 49-year-old guy and their roommates. Okay. And so um, what I find interesting about this, though, if you were a cannibal, let's, hypothetically speaking, if you're a cannibal and you're choosing to eat somebody, would you get a plate, knife, and fork, or would you just kind of eat straight out of the body? I think I'd just go straight <laughs> barbecue style and just tear stuff off, yeah. That's what I would do. That's what I find interesting. This guy had, like, manners. He had class. Well, so wait, but he had a plate, but yet there was just blood and gore everywhere. Just everywhere, because he just ripped pieces of the body, and then he probably found the parts that he wanted to eat, put them on the plate, and was like, all right, let me get my knife and fork, Sat my bib. Sat down in front of the TV. <laughs> do you think the guy tasted like whiskey? It was like a <laughs> Jack Daniels salmon. Yeah. Or whatever they drink in Austria, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So the 19-year-old was sitting next to the victim when uh, officers arrived. His clothes allegedly soaked in blood. He reportedly greeted the officers by saying, just look what happened here. (laughs) (laughs) He's believed to have told them that he had quarreled with the dead man before he killed them. I just find that funny, though. It's like the guy's like, can you believe this? (laughs) I mean, what happened here? This a piece of work. You know, I I wonder what the Austrian is for that. A police investigator said of the scene, We are supposed to be prepared for situations like this, but this surpasses the limits of imaginations. Officers who attended will receive counseling. Which, does that happen in the U.S.? Maybe. Do they? Yeah, maybe. But I'm still amazed because cops always say this. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Whenever they're interviewed, somebody should keep a, a tally. And when what it, when, really is the worst thing? Well, no. If a cop ever says that and it's published in an article, they are never allowed to say it again unless it truly is something even more disgusting. It's even like, yeah, total and then five they should, star. And then they should be interviewed <laughs> and uh, a star should be put in the tally at the time they said it before and be like, well, I guess that wasn't as disgusting. Oh, was this worse <laughs> than the last time? Yeah. <laughs> they should have to make a follow-up comment on the last time they said it. But yeah, they always say this. I, I don't know. I mean, and you know what? Surpasses the limits of whose imagination? Because I can think of much worse. But maybe it's because I'm the host of this disgusting show. Yeah, it's not imagination. You're really seeing it. It surpasses reality, <laughs> yeah. what I'm seeing. So the two men lived alone in the shelter, a two-bedroom flat that is run by a private social care company, financed partly by the city. It was created as a first-aid accommodation for mentally ill people living on the street. Mm. The residents receive weekly visits from social workers. So psychopathic cannibals. <laughs> so that, that's what I find interesting. Is like So the fact that... What kind of roommate service is this? It's like, okay, you got this guy. I mean, how do you pair them up? Like, how do you match them up? It's like, you know, okay, we have this schizo meth addict. Let's put him with a bipolar alcoholic. Yeah. You cannibal. know, it's just like a, you know, cannibal guy. Let's 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 put them together and see what happens. I don't know. Robert was placed there this month. The older man, I guess, was registered as have been living there since June. Um, a psychiatrist who was consulted and uh, who is apparently like a professional about cases of cannibalism, said that the alleged killer was most likely to be suffering from either a severe psychosis or extreme sadistic urges. Oh, thank you, Mr. Doctor Expert. (laughs) You know what I think? He was just hungry. (laughs) I I think he was hungry. He's homeless. He doesn't have any money. What else are you going to eat? Number one, he was hungry. Number two, the guy was just annoying. Yeah, he was giving him emails about how he wasn't sp- he wasn't using coasters. And, you know, <laughs> you please use a placemat when you eat. Well, you know, it's like I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, you know, there are some there's there are limits to revenge, <laughs> but if you really want to get revenge, hit her in the head with an iron bar. And eat a her. twenty pound, eat her entrails. twenty pound iron bar. Eat her entrails. That's the best thing to do. That's the the sweetest revenge. So on the sick and wrong star scale. You got a guy who murdered a man, ripped his body parts asunder, tore, tore his intestines out, and ate them. And, and then sat there, yeah, sat there waiting for the cleaner to arrive. I'm going to have to give this five stars. Yeah, five brown stars for me also. Well, I thank you for that, Wackerly. I'd like to see what you have here for uh, episode 85. <laughs> All right, bear with me on this one because I got to get through. There's a lot of detail. 
Got to get through it. Is this it. one of those convoluted stories I'm going to have to pay a lot of attention to? It's not convoluted. It's like a freight train, though. Starting off from a stop, it goes slowly, makes a lot of noise, and then it just starts to go faster and get better and better. I just got back from vacation. My brain is numb. Oh, this will fire up your creative juices, trust me. Okay. Uh, Did you say juice or juices? Juices. All right. <laughs> I don't want to fire up the Jew in you. A 40-year-old Shaftesbury, Vermont man. Shaftesbury? Yeah, Shaftesbury, Vermont. Vermont's the home of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, by the way. It's completely irrelevant to the story. Uh, well, anyways, this 40-year-old man pleaded not guilty to, killing, to the killings on Saturday, oh. which would be, I think, the past... Uh, this past Saturday, August 25th, of Ronald Wilkins, who was 36, of North Bennington, Vermont. Um, the accused is also charged with three counts of aggravated sexual assault, which I'll get to later. <laughs> <laughs> After the man's arraignment Monday, and let me just say this right now. That was a steel comment, by the way, <laughs> from the bill. <laughs> Did you listen to that show entirely too much? This is the only reason I read this article, and I wasn't even I wasn't even reading this article because I absolutely because I thought it was going to be my entry. I only read it because I uh, love these types of. Remember last last time last show we had a story about a guy who defended himself in court. Yeah, which is always funny. This is always funny too when the plaintiff's family and the def- defendant's family start fighting. <laughs> that was the headline. I you do know, always love that, when that especially when that happens in court. That was the headline. Fight erupts between plaintiff and defendant or whatnot. Um, so the friends and relatives of the two men, the plaintiff and defendant, were screaming, cursing, and shoving benches as they tried to get at each other. <laughs> Some were knocked to the floor before Vermont State Police troopers, sheriff's deputies, and others hustled them outside. This incident in the courtroom began when Wilkins, the, the murdered man's girlfriend, Pam Conley, Swore at the man, calling him gutless and an expletive. So, gutless asshole. So, she was screaming at the defendant here. Yeah, she said, you're a gutless asshole. You stole my kid's father. Them's fighting words. You stole a good man. You are a worthless piece of shit, she said. Meanwhile, the accused relatives started to shout back, he's a good man too. Actually, that's it's more like, he's a good damn, he's a good man too, eh? Or some type of Vermont accent that I <laughs> yeah, don't Yeah, I'm understand. thinking Newhart. I don't really know that much about Vermont. Yeah. Well, the accused pleaded not guilty uh, after this big fight came out. Uh, each of the on each of the four charges, uh, each of the four charges against him carries a maximum sentence of life in prison. So if he gets incu- if he gets convicted of any of these one things that he's accused of, he's get he's gonna get life probably. Court documents say that uh, late Saturday afternoon, the accused was riding a bicycle and went to the Shaftesbury home of uh, former father-in-law Ron Harrington, pulled out a 9mm pistol, and shot Wilkins five times on the patio. So he just rode his like bike up there, dirt bike, and just shot the guy five times. To his former father-in-laws. It turns out that these two guys are married to two, or were married at one time to two sisters. That's how they know each other. Okay. So they're brother-in-laws once removed or something. This is taking all of my mental faculties. It gets better. Wilkins yelled when he saw him riding up with a gun, don't shoot, don't shoot. Uh, the accused said, how do you like me now? <laughs> After he shot Wilkins, whatever, five times. The killing was witnessed by Wilkins. Did they give him Scarface or something? Yeah, the, on his bicycle, yeah. <laughs> The killing was witnessed by Wilkins' children, ages 9, 12, and 14. That's always fun. The cops, uh, the guy rode home with the gun. The cops went to his home because everybody saw him do it. Everybody knew who he was. The cops went to his home uh, and basically uneventfully apprehended the guy. He said, I'm the one who did it. I shot the guy when the cops were, were putting the cuffs on him. Uh, the pistol that he used to shoot Wilkins was found in the master bedroom. So he shot the guy, put the pistol in the master bedroom, and then just totally confessed? Yeah, rode home, waited there, I guess, for the cops to show up. I guess he knew it was going to happen. Court documents said the accused and Wilkins, uh, who married sisters, as I said before, they never got along. Interviewed by the police, the accused admitted sexually molesting his own daughter, who's now 22, when she was between 8 and 13. But he's not being charged with this. This isn't one of the aggravated sexual assaults that he's being charged with. Okay, all right. Okay, so this guy molested his own kid, and he's not being charged with that. Several years ago. Several years ago. And he's confessing this while he's being interrogated by the police. A real winner. Yeah. His daughter, who he molested when she was younger, she's 22 now, 
His daughter's baby girl lives with this man and his wife, Tina. Now, I don't know if you know, uh, but Tina is slang for methamphetamine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've heard that before. Misunderstood uh, that this guy's just a tweaker living in a trailer (laughs) that apparently has a master bedroom. Or, you know, I guess it's semantics. On Saturday, Christmas saw his... uh, So now they're trying to get into why... uh, why he actually did the committed this murder on Saturday uh, that morning? Uh, this guy saw his daughter at a street party, and she told him that uh, she planned to take this baby back. So his daughter that he had molested, why did she give up his baby to her molester? Um, better than keeping it around herself, I guess. Okay, so we're we're dealing with white trash here. Yes, white Vermont <laughs> trash. Uh, he okay. felt he felt that his daughter was going to talk about the previous molestation to the police. I assume uh, this is what the detective says. Uh, the guy, believing that his life was going to be turned upside down by this confession or or, or uh, you know statement by his daughter, decided he was going to kill the person who was his biggest pain, quote unquote. And I don't know if that means that he actually thought this was going to like solve the problem or he figured I'm going to prison and so this is my last chance to fucking whack this guy but why, really why did he want statement. to kill this guy though why, well, why was this guy a pain him. he just hated him well actually that's not the whole story because moving on he told this guy told another investigator that he had molested one of Wilkins children and that that also prompted him to shoot Wilkins while investigating the shooting police spoke with a 12 year old daughter of Wilkins who said she had been molested by this guy more than 30 times oh, Jesus a nine year old boy identified in court documents by his initials only because I guess he's you know too young to juvenile yeah told police that Christmas had also sexually molested him on three separate occasions and I think I I, I think I gave the guy's name out at the end there because that's the best part of the story. What's his name? Michael Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids. Are you excited about Christmas coming? <laughs> it's Christmas. Christmas time's right around the corner. Christmas no! is coming early this month. <laughs> Dude, that's got to cause some trauma. Do you want to go to the uh, You want to go to the mall and sit on Santa's knee? <laughs> Father <It's> a- Christmas? <laughs> I've been on, no, I've been on Father Christmas' knee one too many times already. It's Thanks, a winter Ma. wonderland. Yeah. So he's in court. He murdered this guy. It's coming out that he molested his daughter. He he molested this guy's kids. Uh, I think he's fucked. Yeah, no, this guy is a this. If you ask me, in my opinion, this dude deserves to be shot. <laughs> I mean, this guy's just a fucking piece of shit. I would if I was in court, I would have said the same thing. It's Father Christmas, though. I don't even care. Doesn't he get a pass for being Father Christmas? He ruins the name. He He's blackening the name of Christmas for everybody. You, probably, kids, you probably love this, you Hanukkah celebrating These kids are probably going to convert to Judaism and celebrate Hanukkah now. At least his name's not Mike Hanukkah. True. It'd be like Moisha Hanukkah. Yeah, because then he probably would have been shoving dreidels up the kids' asses. It would have been bad. Jesus, dude. So this guy molested three kids and then killed the father of the guy that the, the, who, whose kids he molested. Right, because he thought he was going to get caught, and somehow that was going to improve his situation. I think he just realized he was going to go to jail, always hated this guy, and just figured... I'm going to go to prison, probably for life. I might as well kill this guy, because I hate his fucking guts. You know what? I think that's meth logic for you. Yeah. He's living with Tina, who the cops think that it's his wife, but really he's just saying, I live in a meth lab. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you know, on the sick and wrong star scale, this ranks kind of high, because, I mean, this guy molested three kids, including his own daughter, and killed a man. I'm giving it 4.5. I'm giving it five. I would give it four, but I'm just giving it five because I like it when like two sides of the of, of the courtroom erupt into violence. And usually that happens when it's manslaughter, like a drunk driving thing where a guy killed some dude. Because then legitimately the defendant's family can be like, he's a good man. He just has a problem with alcohol, and you're gonna you know you're gonna send him up the river forever, and and we hate you people. But this guy's a total piece of shit, obviously, to everybody involved. And I can't believe that his family is out there, you know, engaging in fisticuffs over his, uh, over his fate. Yeah, you but, think they'd just be like, good riddance to this asshole. If he would have ate the kid's dad and then sat there with the body entrails strewn all over the front yard, and then when the cops arrived, he's like, 
look what happened here. <laughs> I might give it five stars, but I'm giving it 4.5. I'm not asking you to change your score. I'm just justifying my Well, own. we'll see what the listeners have to say about that. Singerwrongpodcast.com. Well, um, we, we received kind of an interesting, fairly topical article here from a listener that uh, sent in a submission about Burning Man. So was it the last show we were discussing Burning Man, or was that two shows ago? I believe it was two shows ago. So we were talking about Burning Man and how much we loathe that horrible event and we talked about how it wasn't coming up for a couple weeks well now it's happening well right? it's happening as, right as now doing, yeah right and now. it's like a two week long ordeal isn't it well it I ends think. labor day which is this this coming week yeah so it's a two week long ordeal well this listener named artard sent in this story about a burning man participant who committed suicide on the playa which i guess is the area where they camp he says, or the article says here, a Burning Man participant was found dead this morning, hanging from the inside of a two-story high tent, um, according to uh, Mark Pertle, who's a special agent out there. I was going to say, I mean, where do you find, it's a big, flat desert. Where do you hang yourself from? Well, that's what I, how do you hang yourself from a tent? Must be a pretty strong tent. Must be, yeah, it must be a pretty strong tent. The apparent suicide would be the festival's first in its 21-year history, which kind of surprises me. I'm like, I thought with all those drugs and the heat and everything, I thought someone would be murdered before that. Are they saying it's the first death or the first suicide? First suicide. Oh, yeah. So, I, you know, people probably have died from heat stroke or, or murder. Or even OD, and they wouldn't probably call it a suicide. Yeah. Um, county coroners are investigating the scene and preparing to remove the body. Apparently, the man was hanging for over two hours before anyone in the large tent thought to bring him down. His friends thought he was doing an art piece, <laughs> which totally cracks me up. Like, I mean, this is this is what I hate about Burning Man. You have all these self-possessed artists, these like self-righteous fucks who are just like. Yeah, this is an installation piece, and he's really doing a dramatic retelling of all the injustice in the world by hanging there. God, it's marvelous. And then they leave the room and go smoke a joint. Yeah. Meanwhile, this dude is dead. Yeah, no, nobody's looking at him and saying, you know, his face is turning kind of blue, but <laughs> kind of a shade of purple. Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, and nobody's around, you know, warning people that it's just an art piece. Well, it surprises me that it's Burning Man's first suicide, because if I was there... I don't think I'd last more than three days. I probably would have been the guy, but I would have taken some hippies out with me. Yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> I'd have been running around with a flamethrower. Murder-suicide is what you're talking Murder about. Murder-suicide. A makeshift morgue is being set up at the Law Enforcement Command Center on the outskirts of Black Rock City, which is right near uh, Burning Man. Uh, Pearl said authorities cannot release information on the dead man's name until the next of kin is notified. Could you imagine how bad a morgue, a makeshift morgue in Burning Man would smell? Well, we're talking about the cops. They've got state funding. So they probably have some type of air conditioning uh, unit set up out there in the desert, I would think. You know what? You, you can't have a morgue without without refrigeration. Well, if I were his friends, I would have pulled the Conan Barbarian and lit, lit a funeral pyre. It's Burning Man. Why would they put him on top of the statue? Yeah. I mean, he could have hung well, himself well, from the statue. Yeah, I mean, dude, and you think about it, there's better ways to go out. If He should have gone the suicide bomber route and just grabbed the Burning Man. Yeah. You know, and just lit the whole thing on fire. The witch, the witch trial route. I guess the incident had gone unnoticed by most of the 36,000 revelers who have already arrived at Burning Man. The city's population is on pace to hit over 46,000 people for Burning Man this year. 46,000, is that bigger than the town that you grew up in? Uh, yes, by a small margin. I, I, I find that really surprising. So as an, as an addendum here to this article, Artard also sent in another story, which I find even more amusing than that one. It's not necessarily all that sick and wrong. I think this guy should be canonized as a saint. But apparently someone almost ruined Burning Man for everybody. I guess uh, <laughs> Burning Man became Burnt Man four days early. On Tuesday. Ruined, yeah, check this out. Ruined 46,000 people's time. That's a pretty good accomplishment. A San Francisco performance artist was arrested on suspicion of, of igniting the Burning Man figure of the countercultural festival last Tuesday. So this would have been burning. The Burning Man is typically lit on Labor Day weekend. So like the, the end, the finale of the whole event. Right. It's the finale. This guy pretty much preempted the finale by trying to light it on Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, the early morning fire scorched about 85% of the structure, apparently. Event engineers decided it would be best to dismantle it and rebuild a less elaborate version, accomplishing in two days what normally takes weeks 
to build. So this thing's, we talked about this before, but this thing's what, like seven stories tall? Check this out. This is a 40-foot tall wood structure. It's a wood and neon structure. It's supposed to go up in flames in the ceremonial climax of the week-long event. And um, many festival goers were awake watching the lunar eclipse that was happening in the desert. They said they saw a man deliberately ignite the figure at about 3 a.m. It was in plain sight of many people. Everyone's looking at this morning. It's a big black figure in the sky, and that wasn't supposed to burn, saying, Now, what do we do? <laughs> so this guy, if you think about it, Rune Burning Man. Yes. He's, in my mind, he's better than Mother Teresa. <laughs> Seriously, this dude should be a saint. He did. He accomplished what I only wish I could accomplish. He must. He must have just been going for notoriety. I mean, he didn't actually think people would be down with him doing this, right? I mean, the other burning manners or whatever you call well, these you people. Know, what's funny about burners? It, I think they call is them. say they say that the guy here, Paul Addis, he's 35 years old from San Francisco. Um, he's being he's jailed right now on suspicion of arson, which kind of cracks me up because weren't they going to light the thing on fire anyway? Yeah, that's um, weird. Illegal possession of fireworks, destruction of property, and resisting a public officer. He's an actor and a writer who is active in the San Francisco art scene, and he's been to Burning Man for the past 15 years. So why would he try to destroy the statue and ruin the entire event for everyone there? Got his name in the paper, didn't it? I guess maybe he was a glory hound. Yeah. And maybe he was just seeking publicity. But really, what I think we should do is we should call this guy when he gets back out of jail and everything. And maybe maybe just praise him. Try and get Give a, him our love. Try and get an interview on there? I, I think we should. Okay. Um, quote, unquote, uh, one of the uh, police officers here said that it's obviously a pretty selfish act. And people are disappointed about that. But spirits overall are pretty high. Dude, these people have spent two weeks out there in the desert enduring... Dust storms, hippie odors, you know, uh, the those horrible porta potties, all in expectation of this huge forty foot tall burning man that's about to go up, and this guy ruined it for everybody. So this dude to me is a saint. I don't know. I I praise this guy. I think that's a. Mis- I like him better than Jesus. I think that's a misstatement in the article though. What did it say that uh, spirits are pretty high? I think it. I think it meant to say. People are pretty high. <laughs> They're cool with it. <laughs> Everybody's really stoned. So on the sick and wrong star scale, okay, I guess someone committed suicide. Not that big of a surprise, although the fact that his friends kind of sat around thought he was doing an art piece, that's kind of great. But the fact that this guy ruined Burning Man for everybody there, I'm giving him five stars. The combo gets four stars for me. Four stars? All right, I, I agree. But at the same time, Paul Addis, we respect you here on Sick and Wrong. <laughs> We do. Did you see his picture, his mugshot? We're going to have to post it on the site. Yeah, he actually has face paint on. We're calling him the sick and wrong saint. (laughs) Seriously, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. Paul Addis. He's a sick and wrong prophet. Okay. But uh, we invite everyone else to vote. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. You decide who won episode 85. Why don't you check out the new Sick and Wrong Forum, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Wackily, we're running out of time here, so it's time to wrap up the show. We received a lot of email, most people bitching about how late the show is. But um, you know what? Those people, as I mentioned before, can lick my Jewish balls. So um, I'm going to read a couple of the other emails that we received from people. This is one. This one kind of cracked me up. Do you remember that girl that wrote in? She was like a preteen that was like, "What do you do in San Francisco? Do you have any advice?" Yeah, we kind of were at a loss of what you do if you can't. She go to says, the bar. "Hey, thanks for the shitty advice on what to do while visiting San Francisco." You're quite I, welcome. <laughs> I ended up going to a show at Bottom of the Hill, drinking tiny bottles of vodka from the mini bar, going to Chinatown and getting a tattoo. Um. The highlight of my trip was watching a drunk, cracked-out bum try and climb a statue. The low point was when the bum mooned me. Keep up the good work, Libby. That's basically exactly what we told her to do, those yeah, three no, things. Pretty much, though, the, anyone who's visiting San Francisco, you can expect some wild antics from the uh, homeless people. They're out of control. So uh, Gary sent us another email here, Dean Lance. Um, I listened to your podcast last week where something... Someone wrote to you intimating that the only thing to do here in Wales is to shag fat tarts. Well, I'm from Pontypridd, 
which I guess is pronounced pont e Preeth, the birthplace of Tom Jones. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. From experience, you don't have to fuck pie-eating women to enjoy yourself in Wales. You could also go to town on a Saturday afternoon where the chavvy fat fucks gather with their vile offspring and play a game, which sounds kind of cool here, which we might have to do in San Francisco, called Spot the Gut Bucket. This involves sitting with a friend and spotting the fattest and most hideous bunter named after Billy. I'm not quite sure what that means. And awarding each other points. These can be awarded for general ugliness, size of the belly, fat tits, and ankles. Finally, bonus points can be awarded if these creatures are spotted eating pies, smoking, and screaming at their kids. Or best of all, doing all three at once. Points can be awarded for beer later. Hours of fun can be had by watching these mountainous and hideous specimens, but as for fucking them... Points would be deducted for even thinking of it. Keep up the good work <laughs> and all the best from Wales. You know what cracks me up, Gary? I, I, I think that's a great idea. The spot the gut bucket sounds like a great game. But wackily, we used to play the same game at Fisherman's Wharf here in San Francisco. Sort of. Our game was more stop, uh, spot the disgruntled teen. And usually the disgruntled teen would be accompanied by their gut bucket parents. Uh, yeah, but, but we also played spot the retarded child, well, spot right. the dad who is you're about right. to lose it. Yeah, you know, spot the fat chick, spot the you know the girl, the best like gunt, fat cunt. <laughs> you're right. You're Remember right. It was, that? Com- so, it was combined effort. But you know, it, it impresses me that 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 they play a similar game in Wales, and Great I think we might have like. to try this. I think we might have to try this. It sounds it sounds pretty cool. Finally, you get scorecards or something. Yeah, you know that might actually make work. it official. Finally here, we got an email from uh, Chris, who says, although it's not strictly related to the show in any way, I think it would be a great idea if you two and the guys from From the Ville could all chip in to gift Dougie, who is uh, that retard that's been prominently featured on From the Ville, with a week-long trip to the San Francisco Bay Area just to fuck with him. I'm sure there are many sites you could show, Dougie, that could probably guarantee content for both of your shows for many, many weeks to come. I mean, the first time you get proposition for sex by a gay transsexual midget hooker is a special time even for a retard. Just an idea, guys. Keep up the good work, and uh, Lance is a very good-looking guy. But we'd we'd really have to see a picture of him with some kind of porn star mustache before we can make a final judgment. I'll have to Photoshop one, Photoshop one onto the, my picture on the website. You know, thanks, Chris, for sending in that email, and I think uh, Dougie does deserve a holiday. But uh, two things you here. You know Dougie, right? You went yeah, to high school two things here. A, I wouldn't spend any money on that fat, fat retard. <laughs> and you, Nick, B, basically. I've seen pictures of his penis, or lack thereof. And B, him coming to San Francisco would entail me actually spending a lot of time with Dougie, oh, I think which I'm stay. unwilling to do so. I think he should stay here in the second wrong studio. With yeah, him. I don't think, dude. I Seriously, I've been around Dougie. That guy does not smell very good. <laughs> no, seriously. he's First of all, he's retarded, and he smells horrible, and I think he's a hermaphrodite. I'm not willing to spend that much time with him, although it would give us a lot of content here for the show. Maybe we could get him to lodge with Bob Madigan and, and Bob's wife. Maybe, maybe they could put him up. Maybe all the From the Ville fans should just send like a donation thing in here to buy Dougie a plane ticket to San Francisco. And a hotel room. And a hotel room, because he's not staying at the Sick and Wrong studio. I and, tell you that. And some friends to hang out with him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think uh, my fondest memory of Dougie is uh, we'd see him frequently all the time Riding around the Bay City area on his bike with a boombox in the front, in the front of his, in this basket that he had on his bike, always blasting like some kind of hip hop music, usually like 90s hip hop because this was in like the early 90s. I think he was a big fan of Dr. Dre. But every time we'd see that guy, we'd always tell him there are two parties going on. There was a one naked chick party. Where all these like naked chicks are just hanging out, they just wanted to fuck, and that's all they wanted to do. They just wanted to fuck, and he'd be like, "Where? Where's that party?" Yeah, that'd and be we, the party I'd want to go to. And we'd be like, "Yeah, we're not going to that party. We're going to the naked dude party." And then he'd get really pissed, and then we'd be like, "Dude, the naked dude party's right over there." But what was funny about it is he'd get really upset every time we saw him, which was usually like two times a week, and he never understood that they're really we were fucking with him. There weren't two parties going on. Well, he's retarded. 
I know, but I mean, it's like, You're, dude, even you, for a retard, you when, should know that there aren't a naked chick party and a, a naked dude party going on at the same time all the time. That's the definition of retarded. You don't understand <laughs> basic concepts of reality. Yeah, I guess the fact of the matter is, is I like to fuck with Dougie back when I was yeah, younger. Yeah, it's funny that you Now were, it's like, I, I don't know if I could deal with him anymore. I think it's more amusing that... More amusing than him never catching on is the fact that you guys never got tired of this gambit. Well, you know what's funny about it is he would get so upset. I mean, he would get really angry. He would look at he would look at me and he'd look at my friend uh, Kessler and he'd be like, Kessler, why don't you take off that hat, shut up your ass, and eat the shoot off the bill in a hatchback? Well, that and sounds always, pretty smart. He always said in a hatchback. And, I, you know, it, it was enjoyable. Once you got him screaming about the hatchback, you knew he was pissed off. But that amusement only lasts for about 15 minutes, not a full, you know, accommodating him trip out to uh, our homes. It's a funny idea. I just know I couldn't bear it. I couldn't take it. I really couldn't. Maybe Steele Martin could. I don't know. They can bring him out here. It could be a joint vacation. Yeah, I still couldn't deal with Dougie that long. I really couldn't. But uh, Chris, anyway, thanks for sending that in. Finally, here we got an email from uh, Scott. He said, here's a song I made not too long ago. It's short, sweet, and all about shitting. I used to be in a band, but now I just record dumb shit by myself. I made a posthumous MySpace page for the band. It's www.myspace.com slash nullinvoid2000. Maybe you could plug it at the end of the show. It's null n, letter n, void 2000. Uh, keep the shit, shit, sick shit coming. Um, Scott from Chattanooga, Tennessee. You know, I haven't even listened to the song, so I don't even know if it's a good one or not. But Play it's the it, sick and wrong song of the week, and we're going to go out with that. Thanks, Scott, for sending that in. People, thanks for voting this month at Podcast Alley. We came in with a record high of like 80-something votes. Uh, keep in mind, it's going to reset for the month of September. And, uh, yeah, we're like riding that rocket to the top ten. It's all thanks to our audience. Yes. Isn't that amazing? I've really, my heartfelt thanks. Yeah. For the votes on Podcast Alley. I apologize for the tardiness of this podcast. We'll be back next week with episode 86. Did you, to- say, did you say tardiness or tardiness? Both. Okay. Tardiness. Yeah. Until then, take it sleazy. All right, man. Sitting in the back seat, taking a shit in your car. I'm sitting in the back seat, taking a shit in your car. And when you go to work tomorrow, you won't get very far. Sitting in your bedroom, taking a shit on your bed. Sitting in your bedroom, taking a shit on your bed. And when you go to sleep at night, it's probably gonna touch your head. Shit out of luck.